Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And on this episode, we travel way, way back to the 20th century. To the 1900s. To the the late 1900s with 1999's Blue Streak, starring Martin Lawrence and someone else. Luke (laughs) Wilson. Luke (laughs) Missionaries, it snowed here in Philadelphia, and, and in full disclosure, I've been battling the snow and the ice all day, so I'm a little, I'm a little loopy. I'm a little loopy. I understand. We got Blue Streak. Blue Streak. Blue Streak. Yes. We're going to do it again? It's on tonight's stop. I don't know if you want to edit this. Sometimes Lynn edits things for the podcast. And sometimes I leave it all in. And sometimes he leaves it all in. But we're going to talk about Blue Streak. Mm Mm-hmm. With Martin Lawrence and Luke Wilson. My God. You have not to be confused with Luke Perry. Or Owen Wilson. Or Owen Wilson, his brother. Right. Or Luke Perry, who is not his brother. Not his brother. Or Brian Wilson. Who's not his brother? Not his brother, but the mastermind of the Beach Boys, or Rita Wilson, who I always thought was a surprisingly good actress. And I know when she, it seemed like when she got married to Tom Hanks, she kind of pulled back. Mm-hmm. But I thought she should have acted more. Or, or Wilson Mr. Fisk, who's a fictional supervillain, the kingpin. Or Wilson, who is a fictional soccer ball, soccer ball. From was he a soccer ball or a volleyball? I thought it was a soccer ball. No. Was, oh, you're right. It was a volleyball. It was a volleyball. It was, a volleyball. it was a volleyball. We don't know though because it got lost. Well, he was a volleyball, but with a fictional soccer ball. With a, <laughs> with a. See, you're making up things. I'm trying <laughs> to stick to the actual movie, but I, I guess for, which I wonder. Do you think that was weird for Tom Hanks saying Wilson all the time when his wife's name was Rita Wilson? I'm sure he wasn't calling her. He wasn't Wilson. calling. He wasn't so calling. I'm sure it wasn't. He wasn't calling. He probably never called her Wilson. Never. Okay. Anyway, welcome to the Michelle Mission. How are you, Lynn? I'm fine, Vincent. Yes. I'm doing. Yes. I'm doing very well. Um, a shout out to each and every one of you out there watching us as we stream live from Yuck Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace here in Maniunk. Streaming to Facebook as well as to YouTube, where all of you are in the chat. Hello, missionaries. Good evening, one and all. Um, and a special uh, birthday shout out to a uh, longtime friend of the show, Dorian Missick. Happy birthday, Dorian. Hope you had a good one. Yes. Happy birthday, my friend. Yes. Yes. All right, Vincent. Um, we're here on the Michelle Mission. And it's akin to a TV show, but it is not, in fact, a TV show. It is not. So we, unfortunately, will never be in the running for an Emmy Award. Until we're on television. Until we're on television. Speak it into the universe. Put it out there. on television. But until that time, Mm -hmm. we are here to congratulate. Yes. The winners of the Emmy Awards, such as 
Quinta Brunson, Philadelphia Zoe, who once again won a, a Emmy Award yes. for actress in a comedy series. Yes. For Abbott Elementary. Yes. The first African-American woman well, actress. So the first African-American winner since Isabel Sanford for the Jeffersons, which was 40 years ago, which was 40 years ago. I think that says much more about the Emmys than it does the nominees. Most certainly. Um, And I know you're congratulations. We're going to keep it positive. Most definitely. Very proud. Very, very proud. And and also want to send uh, kudos to Ayo Itabiri. Ayo Itabiri. Who won for supporting actress in a comedy series for her role in the bear, which is weird, because as we said, it seems like if there was going to be a lead actress on the bear, it would be a it would be a I would consider her the lead actress. I'm not mad at them doing this. Maybe they figured this would be her best way of getting an award. Sure. Not wanting her to go up up against the, the buzzsaw that is Quinta Brunson. And sure. And who knows that two of them may have canceled each other out. If sure. They were in the same category. Sure. sure. And then the fact that as we were vigorously discussing that the bear was nominated for comedy awards and one for uh, a right, award. right, right. And certainly if you've ever seen the bear, it's just a madcap joke a minute fun fest. It, the bear, which we are both fans of. Sure. To be, sure. To be, to be fair. Sure. Sure. So you got suicide, alcoholism, drug abuse, Okay, but existential angst at whether or not you fit in um, the buzzsaw that is a restaurant running a restaurant, Mm -hmm. uh, regentrification. uh, What else we got on the bear? That's just it's all fire. Hilarious. hilarious. For hilarity. Hilarity. What else is? Look, the bear is is not a laugh a minute romp. Okay, it's wasn't it hilarious when Carmi had a nervous breakdown the last episode and was locked in the locked in the meat locker. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, it's not a romp a minute. And weren't we all laughing when Marcus missed a phone call that his mom died? It is. There are funny moments (laughs) in the series. Yeah, yeah. And, and and don't let the fact that I'm hard pressed to think of any <laughs> color your opinion right. of that fact that right. I have just stated. Right. Right. It, I can see it's it definitely is more drama <laughs> than comedy, right. but it's still a drama. Didn't we all crack up at the episode Seven Fishes? Is that is that the dinner? Yeah. That, that that does have oh, funny moments. Oh, wasn't that hilarious? Jamie Lee Curtis was, was hilarious was, in that. Was, oh, didn't she crack you up? The whole, she did. Absolutely. She did. Uh-huh. Until she didn't. <laughs> but was, it was funny. Uh-huh. It, it does have funny moments okay. in, in the series. It does. Oh, yeah. John, John Mulaney is in that uh-huh. episode. Right. I love John Mulaney. Uh-huh. He was, was funny. Was he? Ish. <laughs> Regardless, congratulations. Best comedy. Okay, okay, okay. In his later years, not in the beginning, uh-huh. but in its later years, uh-huh. MASH yes. was definitely more dramedy right. than comedy in his later years. And some would say more drama. Right, but that was because Alan Alda kind of took control of the thing. Yet it was and, still considered a comedy. But it had it basically grandfathered in as a comedy, though. 
okay, well, okay. Right. Like, well, the first season of The Bear was more the, was, was funnier. Was, was, it was funnier. See, I gave myself license to go back to the first season. Oh, the yeah. first season and the pilot episode where they have all the nerds come down for the uh, contest. Right. At, right. at the, at the, at the restaurant. cousin went out and shot the gun in the air. And, and got them to act right. right. That was funny. Okay. It was fun. I laughed. Hey, look, man, I'm glad the sister won the award. But to your point about them maybe nominating her for the supporting actress because they didn't want her to butt heads mm -hmm. with Quinta Burnson, which I think is a very good observation. I would just counter with maybe she should have been nominated for best actress for a dramatic series. Well, then she would have been going up against the buzzsaw that was Secession. I think she. I, I think they could handle secession. I know. I think the bear can handle secession. No. The, in in the drama category this year, secession Cause it, cause is it, the bear because it went off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sarah Snook That's won. Fair. Although Better Call Saul went out with no awards. Yeah. Joining what is this like the Wire? Like I saw it was a list of them. It's very. It's it's quite embarrassing. Well, I think what the Emmys. but what I think hurts Better Call Saul, and it, it, admittedly, I think I maybe have caught three episodes of it, and mm -hmm. it was good, well, good enough, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I think what hurts Better Call Saul is people saw it as not only a sequel, even mm -hmm. though it actually is a prequel. Well, to it's, Breaking it's, Bad, it's actually both. Well, it's it's, yeah. it's a little mm -hmm. bit of both, right? But but I think. See, not only did people see it as a sequel to Breaking Bad, but I think people got the sense that it fit in a lot of that same mold of Breaking Bad, as opposed to something like Frasier, which was definitely a sequel to Cheers, right? but had a different vibe than Cheers. That's fair. So I think you're like 100% right. a wholly different right. show. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. But I would have... Like I assume, like if you're an Emmy voter, mm -hmm. you, you're supposed to know better. Well, I mean, okay, let's think about during the course of Better Call Saul's run, mm -hmm. it's going up against what? Game of Thrones as far as dramas. Yeah. It's going up against Game of Thrones. Um, I mean, that's enough. I can't even think of what else it may have been going up against at that time. Yeah, but Game of Thrones has been off for like two years now. Point, but then Secession came. I know you may not. I don't know how big you are on Secession. Yeah, you know. Secession is a it's a good show. No, I, I think it's a good show. Like it's a good show. It's, it's lots of good shows. We talking about the best of the best. Yeah, well, well. Anyway, look, congrats. The sisters won. At the end of the day, all this talk—that's all we care about. That's right. They won. Congrats to all. All right. Hey there, missionaries. It's Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. If you're in the Philadelphia area, I invite you to come out on Saturday, January 27th to the lounge at World Cafe Live to watch Vincent and me do it live. We're presenting a live podcast plus a film screening of the classic romantic comedy, Love Jones. This is the romantic comedy that set the template for romantic comedies in the 90s into the 21st century. And we'll be screening it live on the big screen in the beautiful lounge at World Cafe Live on Saturday, January 27th. 
Tickets are on sale right now at worldcafelive.com. Hope to see you there. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from missionaries. Misses from the missionaries, ladies and gentlemen, we got an email, Vincent from Nick Nicholas. Hey, what's up, Nick? Happy New Year, Len and Vincent. A quick question for both of you to chime in on. Okay. Oh, this will be a good one for you, Vincent, because uh, longtime lis- listeners of the Michelle Mission may remember that Vincent mm-hmm. uh, used to host a radio show. I did. Here in Philadelphia on G-Town Radio. It's all soul. It's all soul. Nick Nicholas has a music question. Okay. Do you guys listen to Gene Carn and mm. Phyllis Hyman? Mm. Who do you both prefer more? Oh, interesting. Why don't you go first? Because this is a real Philly question. Yeah. So I should defer to the Philadelphia native before I bring in my outsider. You're outside of right. I've only lived in Philadelphia for 20 years. Yeah, which is not long enough. I look, man. I, I look. I don't look. <laughs> I don't play with y'all. Um, you know, I I have a real soft spot for Phyllis Hyman. Okay, I have a soft spot for Phyllis Hyman. Um. Uh, a soul, a, a a a soul singer, if ever there was one. Absolutely, um, just deep soul. I think she's one of those people that kind of maybe got she she got lost in her own head. Some might say, mm-hmm. um, definitely lived a tortured life um, and far too fleeting of a life, um, and got lost in the mix of her contemporaries. Yeah. You know, the bus saw that is Patty LaBelle. Also, the pud saw that is Whitney Houston. It's it, it was real tough in the 80s. Yeah. Going into the 90s. Um, well, not the 90s for Phyllis Hyman, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But it was real tough in the 80s. It was real tough. Uh, Gene Carn definitely saw, you know, 70, late 70s, 80s. It was her day, her heyday as well. But I got a soft spot for, for Phyllis Hyman. Sure. sure. I, I would ride with Phyllis. I would rot with Phyllis. I think Gene Carn, you know, unfortunately, because part of the reason that that this has happened is because Phyllis Hyman died mm-hmm. so young. Gene Carn has a much more interesting career, though. Okay, because- like I love the work that Gene Carn did with her husband, who I her ex husband now, but who just off the top of my head, because again, it's me versus the snow and. Uh, she was married to uh, his brother's name. I'm trying to pull it up, but I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing who she was. Ma- no, I'm not seeing who she was married to. Oh, you're going to make me open my phone. Oh, uh, Doug, Doug Karn. Doug Karn. Yeah. Doug so I really enjoyed her work with Doug Karn. Um, was she on Philadelphia International? Yes. Love her Philadelphia International work. And quietly, she has a, um, an album on that Jazz is Dead series. 
that um that Ali Shaheed Muhammad and um what's the other brother's name? They have a that jazz series that they do. The jazz is dead, but they have a whole album with Gene Carn, Adrian Young, Adrian Young. So she has an album. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, they she has it. That's a really really cool album. So like, if you force me to pick the catalog of one, I would pick Gene Carn. There you go. I think that's a nice political answer for somebody who's not from Philadelphia because Philadelphia people don't play about Gene Carn or Phyllis Hahn. No, they do not. So no, we do not. Got to thread that needle. <laughs> Very true. All right, uh, and thank you, Nick, for that yeah, question. Thank you, Nick. Love the music stuff. We also got an email from. Michael Sykes. Hey, Michael. Um, and this dovetails a little bit into our review tonight, but I'll read the email here okay. in this portion. Hello, Lennon Vincent. I know you'll be reviewing one of uh, my favorite Martin Lawrence movies, Blue Streak. Okay. This evening, looking back at Martin's recent filmography and stand up, have made me question. Do Martin Lawrence or does Martin Lawrence still have the comedic and acting chops? In my opinion, no. After Welcome Home, and I don't mean my, this is this is what Michael Sykes is saying. This is Michael. We haven't talked about our opinion yet. I haven't given my, I have passed. Yes, we haven't talked about ours yet. Not at all. Continuing in Michael's voice. Yes, yes. Speaking from Michael. Should maybe, maybe use a different voice. After Roscoe Jenkins, he just wasn't funny no more. I can't. Don't do that. (laughs) Somehow it's vaguely racist and I'm not sure how. After Roscoe Jenkins, he just wasn't funny anymore. And you look at the filmography after Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. It reads like this. College Road Trip. Big Mama's House 3. Lord. Death at a Funeral. The Beach Bum. His thriller movie, Mind Cage. Oh, and- I remember that. I remember, remember he made a thriller. I don't remember that. Oh. He made he actually did make a thriller. We should have switched up and done that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh boy. Um It's like Chris Rock was in Saw. Yeah, it's true. It was like, what is what is happening right now? Make any sense. <laughs> um his failed TV show partners with Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, that that had wow. I forgot that existed. That had flop written all over it. Um, and his failed 2016 stand-up, Martin Lawrence doing time. Bad Boys 3 is passable due to Will Smith and the storyline, and the storyline, other than that, Martin wasn't funny in it. May I also add in the Martin TV show reunion, it seemed as though he wasn't into being there. Mm-hmm. It was just another check to pick up. His heart wasn't in it at all. Eddie Murphy still hasn't and always will. He showed that to me through Dolomite is my name and his SNL hosting um, set in 2019. I'm sorry. Martin just doesn't have it anymore. I've been following him since I was a kid during the first season of Martin in 1992. So it hurts me to say that he doesn't have it anymore. Y'all think he, he has it. If so, prove me wrong. Hope y'all had a great holiday and a good 2024 love. Michael. Well, I think we can hold off our opinion. Yeah. I will say this, because this has nothing to do with Blue Streak. The Martin reunion and even last night. Oh, that's right. Because the did cast a of Martin. Martin just never looks like he wants to be there. 
See, I didn't see him. I didn't, and I didn't even see the clip from last night. Yeah. So was he still looking a little checked out? Yeah. Really? Like just sort of detached. Mm. You know? Was there any like distance between him and Tisha Campbell or if they no, I don't I know whether or not they whatever whatever happened I, their body language was fine okay so maybe like you know Tisha Campbell was Tachina Arnold and Carl Payne right and the three of them seemed you know a little peppy mm-hmm. but just every time I see Martin Lawrence over the past five or six years even during the the publicity run for Bad Boys 3 mm-hmm. he just never seems to want to be there which I can relate to. Like, like I understand, like, like sometimes you, like you got to do this stuff like in, 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 and he's rich. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe he's not as rich as you think. Right. Right. Because right, he was there. Right. Like Michael is alluding to. Right. I, just a check. Well, you know, I don't know how big a check it could have been, but I would love, oh, We'll talk about this much more with Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins. Right, which we'll be doing in two weeks. I would love to see something with him as an older comedian. So wait a minute. So something so just like so like he's more of a character actor in something? Yeah. yeah. And really? for the record, I don't know if he has the chops. Yeah, I'm about to say. He, he's never given me any... I don't know if he has the chops. Indication but, that... You know what? And and it, we'll talk about this next week with with Meet Dave. Like I just feel like at some point when you are iconic, mm-hmm. you know, get weird with it because you've got you've got because you can, yeah, like, yeah, okay. Like you know who I'm digging now more than I've ever thought I'd ever dig ever since the first time I saw his silly ass, Adam Sandler is doing really interesting stuff like every couple of years. Mm. Have you seen this, the the trailer? Did you see the trailer for Spaceman? No. He plays an astronaut Mm -hmm. who's by himself and he may or may not be hallucinating. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, Mm -hmm. but you know, look, you're Adam Sandler. You got more money than God. Get weird with it. No, I see. I hear you on that. And I saw that you kind of like making that allusion to Eddie Murphy. Martin Lawrence doesn't fit icon status. You don't think Martin Lawrence is iconic? No. Why? I think. I think because he. Just like we've talked about Blair Underwood, very talented actor, but unfortunately comes in under that wake of Denzel Washington, who was such an icon. He kind of like over everything. Mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence comes in the wake of Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy kind of like just expo- and Will Smith is, is popping at the this same time. This is where I disagree with you. I think after Deaf Comedy Jam and the television show Martin, mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence actually creates his own lane. Ooh. Oh, okay. And that lane, frankly, is black. Okay. Like, fair, like I think fair. Martin Lawrence is is more along the lines of I'm trying to think of a great equivalent of who I'm thinking about who is iconic. 
but doesn't necessarily have quote unquote crossover appeal, even though I think he's bigger. Like, like, you know, my, 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 my test is always the two targets, like the two targets, like, like that's my black famous litmus test here in Philadelphia. There are two targets that I always think of like, like the, the Sheltonham target is black people target. And then it's like the target on monument road. Mm-hmm. And I always think about celebrities who could go to monument road and shop at that target, but there's no way they could go to Sheltonham. Okay. And like, um, like, I feel like if Mary J. Blige just sort of put a hat on, she could go to Monument Road. Mm-hmm. But, like, she could not go to the Sheltonham Target. Okay. And I feel like Martin Lawrence is the same way. Like, I feel if, if Martin Lawrence put on a baseball cap, he could go to Monument Road. But he could not go to Sheltonham. Okay, but that doesn't make him an icon. I think it makes him... I think it makes him more of an icon than what you're talking about with Blair Underwood or an actor who comes in the wake of other people because he made his own lane. Like, I do think that there is a, there is a specific black lane where you can be iconic Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily overlap. Like you're talking about with that, with that generation of black leading men who never got to be the black leading men that they should have been because there was only room for one black leading man. Like, I think Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence are three iconic black comedic figures. But part of what makes them iconic black comedic figures is that they each have their own lanes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. This is an interesting conversation. I see you on that and I can maybe buy the argument of Martin Lawrence being considered an icon to black people, not so much because of his comedy, but because of the show and because how the show resonated with and deaf comedy jam. Like, I don't think you can really underestimate the, the legacy of deaf comedy jam. The legacy of Def Comedy Jam is definitely there, right? And he is a part of it because he was a a, a great host on it. I'm, I'm right. not he, he discounting his role. Yeah. I'm not discounting his role in it. But I I think the legend of Def Comedy Jam is the comedians that broke out on it. It's the Bernie Mac moment. It's the Chris Tucker moment. It is of other comedians having. I also think moments. that if you look at black comedy, frankly, it has more of Martin Lawrence's DNA. Okay, regardless of that, yes, that that gives him, elevates him in black consciousness, right? And perhaps it puts him close to iconic level. In my eyes. I don't see him reaching the iconic level. I see Eddie Murphy. I see Chris Rock primarily and probably solely because of the standup. Um, I see Dave Chappelle. Right. I see Martin Lawrence is maybe that tier right below. Yeah. And probably, and now mind you, he may have that tier all to himself. I'll give you that. But I see him maybe that tier. Do you below. think an icon has to have crossover appeal? Is Mary J. Blige iconic? Yes, but Mary J. Blige 
who I do think does have some crossover appeal. So yeah, not, yeah, it's not, like non right, 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 but, but non white women like that one song, right? But I think I think I think Mary J. Blige has the is the true icon for black people in the way that you're saying Martin Lawrence is. I think they're equivalent. I actually think okay, they're. I actually think they're perfect parallels. Like I think black people love Martin Lawrence more than they love Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. Maybe so. Yeah, but that's huge. It, it, it is, but I still don't. I, 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 mind you, I'm only saying me. No, 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 no. And I'm not saying that he doesn't. Right. He, he gets the. Quite honestly. It's the flowers. Quite honestly, if all of us, like all, like we just had the, the, the black people meeting. That we don't tell white people about. Just all. Dylan, step outside. Like, like, but like the full meeting. You know, not the the branch meetings that we okay, have. Okay. Like the full meeting. Everybody, everybody's in Everybody there. get a vote. Everybody gets a vote. We might love Martin Lawrence more than we do any other comedian. That's not true. We don't love Martin Lawrence more than we love Eddie Murphy. I think there are lots of black people that love Martin Lawrence more than Eddie Murphy. No. You're showing your age bias. Right? I'm not showing my age bias. You're showing your age. No, bias. I'm not showing my age bias because they're because for every one of us, meaning mm -hmm. people in our age range who loves Eddie Murphy because of Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. because of the stand up specials, mm -hmm. because of his earlier films, mm -hmm. there are there are people in generations below us who love Eddie Murphy because of the family comedies and the cartoons. I think they're fond of, I think you are really underestimating the resonance of the Martin reruns. I'm not, I'm not underestimating that, but I think you're underestimating how huge Eddie Murphy is in, in black consciousness. How much Dr. Doolittle. I mean, and I'm not, Dr. Doolittle. I'm not talking about the donkey. And and that because you know that's just donkey. I mean, you say just donkey. Shrek is one of the biggest, yeah, but there's no three of them. But nobody thinks about that as Eddie Murphy. If you're thirty, you just think about donkey. See, but you're, but that's you looking at it from that lens. A, a kid knows that's the voice. Think think of think of how it is when you and maybe it's not for you, but for a lot of people our age. When we go to conventions and things like that, and we see the voices of our our car to, of our childhood, it's it's a little detached for you. But for some, there's a lot of people who it means a lot to I know, them. But, but but and I and I think you're discounting what that means to a generation that grew up with that voice, that voice of 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 donkey that grew up with with the dragon from Mulan, who who grew up on yes. Uh, Dr. Doolittle, Daddy Daycare, um, and a couple of his other sillier, sillier movies. Um, the Nutty Professor, one and two. You know, they, they grew up with, with Eddie Murphy. I, I think you're just... So I'm not saying that they black people don't have mad love for Martin Lawrence. And perhaps an argument could be made that if we, if we were all in a room, like right, the full meeting, the, 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 the monolith of black people were in the room full meeting. and we made that vote that there would be the Martin Lawrence might get more votes than um, Chris. Oh, I think and, he definitely does. And, and, Chris Rock and, and Dave. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. But I, I think Eddie would top him. All right. Well, I don't know if he's lost it or not, but I wish he'd do something weird.
Let's get into the top five. Top five. Who's your top five? Five, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent a list and he gives us a scintillating com commentary on it. We're going to uh, switch things up a little bit, Vincent. Uh oh, switching it up. Oh my God, did I not? Uh oh. Oh no, wait a minute. Wait. Hold on. Let me uh -oh. check something. Watch out now. I. 36, 24, 36. I, I get busy, man. I believe she too. I get busy. And I honestly got very busy. And I did not email myself the top five. All right. So, all right, I'm going off the top of my head with the top, top five. Five off the top of the dome. Top five, top of the dome. Top five, top five off the top of the dome. All right. And this is the top five. So I do Derville Martin. Now you like, yo, come on, top of the dome. Let's go. All right. This. I'll help you out. I'll look up something. Look up something if you need it. I would appreciate that. All right. You going to do some producing? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, right. I'm going to produce uh, something. All right. It's about to be a product. <laughs> um, This is actually a payoff mm -hmm. to last week's show. Uh-oh. Because if you remember on last week's show, Vincent. Yes. I promised you. Yes. And I promised the audience, all yes. of you missionaries, mm -hmm. that over the three-day weekend. Yes. Along with Blue Streak. Mm -hmm. for of review, course. Of course. Guy always do the work. That I would sit mm -hmm. and I would watch. Yes. In order. Yes. The Warriors. Right. The War Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. And what was the third one? The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Did you do it? Mission accomplished. Okay. So what's the top five? The top five are the top five holds up ability. Whether or not these three films hold up. Okay. What we got? More or less. These are my takeaways after sitting through the Warriors, yes. Flash Gordon, and the Lost Boys. Yes, what you got? All right. Number five. Number five. I remember correctly. All right. Is Timmy or Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Who is in Flash Gordon? Yes, he is. He plays Prince. Prince Baron. Robin Hood. Well, Prince Baron. Prince Baron, that's right. And he had a mustache. Well, well <laughs> Timothy Dalton often had a mustache. I don't think that was a big that's thing. That's right. For him to have a mustache. He couldn't figure out how he was he was rivals with this dumb meathead. <laughs> no, he couldn't figure it out. And I don't blame him for not being able to figure because it out. Because no one in the I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's my favorite part of Flash Gordon. But go ahead. No, go ahead. Continue. What are you going to say? No, no, no. What are you going to say about Timothy Dalton? Does well, he hold up? Well, here's the to thing. You? Here's the thing. Timothy Dalton is is in this film. Yes, he is. Flash Gordon, which comes out in 1980. Are you aware of the filmography of Timothy D Dalton at this time? No, not at all. Timothy Dalton is in Flash Gordon in 1980. In 1975, he stars in a movie called Permission to Kill. Uh-oh. Which was a sexual thriller. Ooh. In 1978, he stars as Juan de Dios in The Man Who Knew Love. <laughs> Wait, is this like soft porn? Hmm. He also stars 
as Sir Michael Barrington in 1978 <laughs> in a film called Sextet. Was Timothy Dalton making softcore porn? And he followed up Flash Gordon in 1981 with Chanel Solitaire. Was Timothy Dalton <laughs> making Cinemax movies? I think Timothy Dalton was a man of a certain genre. Wow. So how's this? So what's this? How, how does this top five it, as number five? What, what do you it's say? It's just a takeaway from this film. It's just a takeaway. Because I wonder what about Flash Gordon, you know, uh, attracted him to this film. He thought maybe it was a remake of the softcore classic Flesh Gordon. Well, Flesh Gordon was actually made in answer to Flash Gordon. Was Flesh Gordon after Flash Gordon? I thought it was around the same time. Well, it was around the same time, right, but it was right. before well, the Flash Gordon was first. Right. Got you. Right. Got you. No. So what attracted him to Flash Gordon? We'll check that one at number three. Okay. All right. So what's number four? First, number four. All right. I have to remember what number four is. Okay. Uh, number four is... I'm at Dylan. What is number four? <laughs> Dylan? I swear I forgot to email it to him. asking Dylan. You, you sent it to Dylan? No, because he gets the graphics. Oh, okay. So he has the graphics. Oh, well. And I can't see the graphics. Right. Oh, uh, yes. The Corys. The Corys. In the, the Lost Corys. That's right. The Frog Brothers. Corey Heim and Corey Feldman. Yes. My takeaway from this is, what was the big deal about the two Corys? I don't know. Because... Neither of them are good. And were never good. Were never good. Shame about Corey Heim, who led a, a tragic life. And then uh, um, Corey Heim was in something that he was good in. He would see Corey Heim he is was like a kid actor. And well, I mean, he, well, they're both for. No, no, no. Like he was in a. Why am I looking at him? Corey, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman was actually in good stuff because Corey Feldman was in Stand By Me. Stand By and Me. And he was in The Goonies. Right. But Corey Heim. He uh, rose to prominence was he in Silver Bullet, Murphy's Romance, and Lucas. Lucas. Lucas is the movie that really kind of like put him Lucas. on the track yeah. in 1986. Yeah. But in The Lost Boys, I mean, they looked like they were having fun. I mean, they looked like two I think kids. They, were, like, they looked like they were having fun. Well, Corey Feldman thinks he's Rambo in right. this movie. So if you were 12 or 13 at the time, mm -hmm. it looked like they were having fun. In the midst of all this stuff. I guess, but I mean. Get it. Yeah, but people went on and on about well, them. Well, then, then I think they tried to make them a thing. Here's the thing, though. If you had seen Corey Heim in Lucas, you would have guessed that he might have had a better career than Corey Feldman. He actually, I was just about to say Corey Feldman was the worst thing that happened to his career. Why you say that? Because he, Corey Feldman actually tried to help him and try to keep him on a. No, a, no, no. I mean, besides the personal stuff, I just meant he could have been a more serious actor. Oh, because they started. Right. Like they had turned into this kind of hokey. Well, I mean, he then Corey Heim, unfortunately, fell into 
a drug addiction. Yeah. And that's how he lost his life. Yeah. Um, Corey, Corey Feldman, who did have suffered his own you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. issues, yeah. but never to that level. Yeah. Uh, at least the story is that he tried to. Well, he was really good in Lucas. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so the Corys. That's the Corys. another takeaway. That's another takeaway. Like, another takeaway. what was the big deal of the Corys? Corys. Oh, but you get it, though. No, I don't. Come on. I Lynn. don't. Lynn, why? Why do you act like you I did? don't? Because they're not good. Yeah. And neither are they even that good looking. They're they're just they're kids in the midst of this chaos. I get it. Yeah, I mean, all right. I see why River Phoenix popped. I don't see why these two popped. Right. But again, you see why River Phoenix had an actual career. Well, wow. and these two were kind of like in Teen Beaten or yeah. Tiger Beaten. All right. Tiger Beaten. What's number three? Which number three? Four, five, reference three. What's three? Horn dogs from space. Okay. Because Flash Gordon. Yeah. Is a horny movie. Yes. Everything about this movie. There is actually, ladies and gentlemen, for people who have not seen Flash Gordon in quite some time. It is the story of a football player. Yes. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. And a, I guess, a reporter or archaeologist. Yeah, she's a journalist. Journalist, Dale mm-hmm. Arden. Yeah, Dale Arden. Um, and a Dr. Zarkoff. Uh, Dr. Zarkoff, who's a scientist. He's a scientist. Who are, what kind of science is he? Hey, man, he's a scientist. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. And they are kidnapped yeah to the planet mongo yeah yeah where ming the merciless ming the merciless has set his sights on dale yeah to make her the latest member of his concubine that's right well you say you're going to marry her till he get tired of her <laughs> no that's from the actual movie yes yeah. but i mean but he's yeah. married to all the other women right, in the concubine right, so right. it's what he does with sure, his concubine sure and there is a there is a scene in this movie where one of his concubine comes to Dale to present her with a drink, to drink this drink. That's right. Before you know. That's right. So that it will help her, you know, deal with what is to come. Right, right. She got to roofie herself. The roofie herself. Yeah. To be with Ming and Dale asks her, "Well, will this?" Will this make me, you know, not feel anything yeah. or, you know, forgetful of it? And she, the, the the lady says, no, it'll just make it feel better to remember it. Right. And this is separate from when he makes her do sexy stuff with his hypnotism ring. With his hypnotism ring and makes her have like an orgasm That's in right. the middle of the. With, her, of the, with his hypnotism ring. It, and mind you. This is separate from his daughter. Yeah. Who sees uh, Flash. Flash throw some bejeweled ball around and uh, immediately gets turned on. Yeah. And then feel, throws herself at him. Right. After sexually teasing a doctor to rescue Flash, mm-hmm. which is. After she promises more sex to Timothy Dalton's Prince Baron. Right, right. Well, she wanted to marry. She's supposed to marry the prince. Oh, 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 oh that's right. Yeah. She's engaged to the prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is before she is, her back is stripped and she is whipped. Yeah. By a woman. 
while men stand around and watching this. Yeah. In the film's defense. No, you did not start this with in the film's defense. And and I'm actually surprised you didn't bring this up because this is right down your like this is in your wheelhouse. Did you ever read the Alex Raymond comic strips from the 40s? I've run to some of them, yeah. So you know they. No, it's all they, there. I about to say they get a little freaky. It's all there. I mean, and, and let's face it, it's in a lot of that right. cult stuff right. of the time. Yeah, right. So, but you know. but the thing is, is that you know because it was of the time, mm-hmm. a lot of it was like very more coy yeah. innuendo. Yeah. It was maybe more in the drawing and the illustration. Because Alex Raymond would draw a lady oh. in some frilly stuff. He had some fun with Dale. Yeah. He did. So, you know. But in 1980, they just went off. Uh-huh. I mean, look, man, what you want is the 80s. It's sexy. It was not sexy. It's sexy. It was not se- And what was... The- <laughs> what was the accent that Ming's daughter was talking in i believe the um technical term is exotic (laughs) from the from the country of exotica okay (laughs) okay she was exotic ridiculous number two number two number two is michael 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 followed by michael 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 Followed by Michael, Michael, Michael. Okay. From the Lost Boys. Yeah. Yeah. And I say that because. Okay. The lead character played by Jason Patrick. Yes. Michael Emerson Mm -hmm. is the person who the Lost Boys led by Kiefer Sutherland. Are going to recruit. Recruit. Yeah. Into their brood. Yeah. And they do this by hypnotizing Michael. Yes. I assume. By calling his name. Throughout the movie. Okay. And only thank God for the internet, ladies and gentlemen, because I knew it would be out there. Mm-hmm. I could not have been the only one to notice how many times they mentioned Michael in this movie. Okay. This movie is 98 minutes long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They meant, they say Michael 114 times. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times to keep saying Michael. I've never noticed that they said his name a lot. I noticed it within the first 10 minutes of the movie. That's why both of us watch these movies. We pick up different things. <laughs> yes, we're watching from different angles. Different perspectives. That was annoying the hell. That annoyed the hell out of Oh my God, it annoyed I was distracted by all the vampire action, so I didn't really. What kind of vampire were these? Just... These were the corniest, most, most. Silliest vampires. I've never known vampires to just yoink people out of their cars. They were just yoinking people out of the cars, yoinking them off the streets. You ain't like them yoinking people? I've never seen vampires do that. I mean, because these are lost boys, so they yoink. And they didn't bite anybody. Oh, they were ripping throats out. In, in one scene. Yeah, but how many scenes you want to see them? You want more yoink? You, less yoinking, more ripping. And number one, number one, number one takeaway mm-hmm. from my night, my weekend of the Warriors, Flash Gordon, Flash Gordon, and the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Uh huh. So ladies and gentlemen, we had the last dragon all along. Who's the last dragon? Because I am standing here 
Well, sitting here. Mm-hmm. Sitting here. And I can't stand up because the mic won't be tired. Sure, sure, sure. I am sitting here. Tell you, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. all you fans of The Last Dragon, including you, mm-hmm. who, who, which came out in 1984. Yeah. And it's become a certified cult classic. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. We already had a movie that should be considered and is considered a cult classic. And that is... We already have a movie that should be considered, perhaps, as the argument you were trying to make, a black call. Okay. And that is the worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I sit here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. that I took on this assignment with much trepidation. Trepidation. Much trepidation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I suffered through Flash Gordon mm-hmm. because I still contend that is a horrible waste of time. Actually subversive. It's commented that Flash Gordon and Blade Runner are mirror images of each. And I'll tell you how. Whereas Blade Runner, the wonderful thing about Blade Runner is you have Harrison Ford playing the protagonist. And by the time Blade Runner comes out, He's already been hand solo in two movies. Mm-hmm. I believe Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out right around the same. I believe a little earlier than Blade Runner. So that hand that Harrison Ford is America's hero. Mm-hmm. And when you watch Blade Runner, Decker's actually terrible. Like he murders women. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. gets beat up. So, you know, it's like this commentary on the the sort of this American hero. It's almost this 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 commentary on Reagan era, the Reagan era 80s. OK. I asked you, you read the Alex Raymond. Flash Gordon's. Yes. Flash, so, you know, Flash Gordon in the comic strips is a pilot. Yes. They change him into a football player Mm -hmm. for the movie. And he's just this colossal meathead. Yes, he is. So I've always seen Flash Gordon as this kind of commentary on the Rambos. Because he's just this meathead. And the thing I love about Flash Gordon is that everybody in Flash Gordon is like, who is this meathead who's messing up everything? Mm -hmm. So I love Flash Gordon for that. I do not see how you correlated those two, but I don't care because both of them are protagonists who are commentary on the, on the hero, on the eighties hero. Okay. But I don't think Flash one comes out in 1980. So I don't think he's a commentary on the eighties hero. Uh, It comes out after star Wars and it comes out after, um, something else, but please continue. Thank you. So it's a waste of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Lost Boys, mm-hmm. Vincent, yeah. Mr. It Holds Up. Yeah. It may hold up a table as the, the DVD. You're insane. But the movie does not hold up. You're insane. The movie is boring. The movie is silly. The you movie is, is uh, I do like Kiefer Sutherland in it. I will give you that. Kiefer Sutherland just is having fun. Yeah. But Everything else about that movie. And Bernard Hughes, who mm-hmm. plays the grandfather, mm-hmm. he's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Everything else about that movie is annoying and mm-hmm. makes absolutely no sense to me. And it I, I, it was such a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. 
The Warriors, however, which I did say last week. You did? I found mm-hmm. to be boring. Mm-hmm. But you watched it again. I and, watched it again. Uh-huh. And? The Warriors is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It is a well-directed movie. Mm-hmm. You talked about Walter Hill's direction mm-hmm. in it. I, I said, but what he does, he you said he directs yeah. the hell out of the mm-hmm. movie. He directed mm-hmm. the hell out of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a silly movie. I mean, I mean, as far as story goes. I wonder what would happen if maybe you watched Flash Gordon and the Lost Boys again. And maybe if you, no. you'd, you'd eat no. No, I will not be watching those again ever. Um, But the Warriors Uh was silly fun. Uh But I will also contend Uh the Warriors is a much better, cooler representation of the the genre of, you know, gang movies, silly action, mm-hmm. you know, those those B-level movies of the late 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it it's it's a much better commentary on that. Um everybody's just having a good time in the movie. Yeah. And that makes it elevates it so much more. Then it, it, yes, it gives it its cult class, its cult status because it was not a hit when it originally mm-hmm. came out. Um, but it, why it does resonate so much wider, and to me, I think I could be wrong because mm-hmm. I'm lo- outside looking in. Mm-hmm. It has a bigger cultural footprint than the Last Dragon. First of all, why you? Talking to me like like I love the war like I was one of I love the warriors. Well, I don't second, know which you like more. Second, why are we talking about the last dragon? Like why it reminded me? Why, of, did, why are we talking about the last dragon? Yeah. Last dragon don't have nothing to do with this. Yeah, but 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 the way that people talk about the last dragon, I think they should talk about the war. They're two completely different movies. I but I see I see a lot of similarities. Like in do them. you think I, there's the better kung fu in in the warriors? Like there's better action in the warriors. It's a completely different movie. They're both action movies. They're both different movies, but they're both action movies. You, you just, you just can't say I'm wrong. I was wrong about the Warriors. Like you got, I, I am saying I was wrong. The last, I am saying I'm wrong. Like you, you just, like I can't stand on this hill anymore. So now I'm gonna go to the hill that I always stand on. It's a, it's a better movie. Yeah. Well, yes, 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 Lynn. The Warriors is a better movie than The Last Dragon. That's all I wanted you to say. Okay. You would, you want me to list some other movies that are better than The Last Dragon? No, you said The Warriors. That's all I needed. Just The Warriors? Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed The Warriors. I did enjoy The Warriors. Glad you enjoyed I did them. not enjoy anything else. You did enjoy anything. May I submit maybe maybe watch those when you've had a nap? No. Had a I had a nap. Did you? you I was you, stuck you, in the house because uh, of snow. Well, maybe watch it when you're not stuck in the house. That's the time. That, that's, that's the only way you would. All right. Well, Unless you want to clockwork orange me and, and strap me down and Oh, my eyes open. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the Warriors. That's my top five. Okay. All right. And now it's time for Six Degrees mm-hmm. of Derville Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the key.
disagrees with Durville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent two actors and he has six movies or less to connect them to Durville Martin, legendary actor. That's right. From the 70s. One man, 70s gang. He was. If Durville Martin would, I guess he would just be the the Durvilles. Just the Durvilles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonder what his gang name would be. Mm -hmm. All right, keep it in theme, Vincent. All right, keep it in theme. We're going to be reviewing um, Blue Streak. Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence, co-starring Luke Wilson. Co-starring Luke Wilson. So, mm -hmm. another famous Wilson. Another famous Wilson. Who actually did star in a movie. Okay. So I am playing fair. All right. Six films or less. Six films or less. And that Derville Martin. Derville Martin. Two. Two. Nancy Wilson. Nancy Wilson. Mm-hmm. More popularly known as an American jazz singer. Sure, sure, sure. But was in two fairly big films. Both of which I know you are, are um, aware of. The films. Yes. Nancy Wilson as an actress. Does not have a large filmography. No, 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 no. My mom's favorite singer. She's, she's, she's fantastic. The bad thing is every time I see Nancy Wilson on screen, this the couple episodes, or maybe the one episode she was on the Cosby show. So Nancy Wilson. Yes, yeah, she was only on one episode. Yeah. I have no idea what movie she was in. Well, she was in a movie in 1983, and she was in a movie in 1993. And you say I'm aware of both of these films? Both of these films. And she played, she didn't play, Um, she played... She, she, had, did, she had a role. She had a role. Like she, she, it wasn't just like, hey, I am Nancy Wilson. Yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue what she was in. Okay. So you want the 1983 film or the 1993 film? Let's Either one of them, you'll, you'll get it. 83. 83? Yeah. In 1983, Nancy Wilson starred alongside... Starred? Yeah. She, she is the second name yeah. on the call sheet. She stars alongside, I'm just going to name a couple of names. Okay. The names to give you, give you away. Uh, John Saxon. Okay. Joe Spinelli. Tony King. Richard Roundtree and Fred Williamson in The Big Score. I've never seen The Big Score. I don't even know what that is. American crime drama. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that'll be you get rich around too. But but so what's in ninety three? Ninety. Now I'm just interested in her film career. And it's just, you've reached the the end, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The end of it. In ninety three, she stars alongside Luther Vandross. <laughs> ninety three. Big Daddy Kane. Is she a Meteor Man? Meteor Man. Nancy Wilson sure is in Meteor Man. Mm -hmm. Well, 
I'm trying to think of a funky way to get to it because Meteor Man is just a hodgepodge of people. It is. Is a hodgepodge of people. So, so let's see who who do I want to pull out that hodgepodge of people that I will talk about. All right, here you go. Here you go, Meteor Man, hodgepodge of people in Meteor Man. So Dervo Martin is in Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, who's in Mo Better Blues with Denzel Washington, who's in besides um Devil in a Blue Dress was in flight. Mm, okay. With Don Cheadle. Mm. Which I didn't know. Because I've never seen Flight. I just saw a scene with him and Don Cheadle. And I said, oh, well, suddenly I'm interested in this movie. And then Don Cheadle is in Meteor Man. With Nancy Wilson. Very good, Vince. I love talking about Don Cheadle in Meteor Man. Because I feel like Don Cheadle doesn't want to talk about the fact that he was in Meteor Man. And he had like that blonde. <laughs> he had that blonde wig on. Something tells me it's not on his. uh <laughs> He doesn't lead with that. He, he either goes. loves the fact that people remember he was in Meteor Man or he hates the fact that people remember he was in Meteor Man. And I'd never bring it up to him unless like I met him like four times. And then the fourth time I'd say, so Don, because I figure by the fourth time he's let me call him Don. Meteor Man, huh? I think he's reached the status of his career where he he's fine with it. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's got other things. Right, right. Nancy Wilson was in Meteor Man. OK, all right. All right. All right. Now, picking up from the Nancy. Okay. Of Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Our next actress, who I will tell you, most of her work, she's mm-hmm. done live work. Most of her work has been as a voice actor. Okay. Okay. But a prominent yeah. voice actor. All right. In six films or less, mm-hmm. connect Derville Martin mm-hmm. to. Nancy Cartwright. I have absolutely no idea who that is. Mm. Who does she voice? She voices one of the characters in the longest running, I think now. Wait, is she she, um Lisa Simpson's voice? No, she is. Marge? No. Bart. There you go. All right. I have a visual. But she's another one. I don't know what she's in. Like, I see her, but I don't know what she was in. Well, I mean, you know, she did Bart Simpson. But that gives you one movie. What, was the Simpsons else. movie? It was a movie. I don't want to do a Simpsons movie. Okay, if you want to make it harder on yourself. Give me something she was in as her. She was in Godzilla. The um, American one? Yeah. With, um, what's his name? Um, Ferris Bueller. Broderick, not Broderick. Uh, yeah, Broderick. Um, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. 
right. Let's do that. I think I got enough to do that because Derville Martin is in. I don't want to do this. Derville Martin is, is in. What is Derville Martin in? How do I want to get to this? Well, you use Matthew Broderick. That gives you a lot. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Because I know where I'm going to go with Matthew Broderick, too. So Derville Martin is in. Um, okay. Trevor Martin is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Bingo Long with Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is in which way is up with Margaret Avery. Margaret Avery is in the color purple. I may run out. I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out. All right. Having trouble connecting Matthew Broderick with black people? No, 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 no. No. Um, oh, what's her name? What's her name in election? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Derville Martin is in, um, oh, five on the black hand side. With um, what's the father's name and father on the black hand side? Just lost him. I just lost him because he's also in Boomerang. Oh, um, um, God, you go to him all the time on the. Uh, Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson. Leonard, ja Leonard Jackson's in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Meet Dave with Gabrielle Union, who is in. Um, it's only three. Oh, okay. Gabrielle Union is in. Um, Bring it on with Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon's in. Wait. Nothing gets her. That's not Reese Witherspoon. I'm mixing up white girls. That's your kryptonite. I done mixed up the white girls. Getting weak. Who's the white girl in 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 Bring It On? <laughs> That's not Reese Witherspoon. That's what's her name. <laughs> Lord, I done mixed up the white girls. Kristen Dunst. That's Kristen Dunst. That's not Reese Witherspoon at all. Oh Lord. Lose it, lose it, lose it. 
All right. <laughs> Here's the thing. When I chose Nancy Cartwright, because when I choose people, I try and figure out one of my own. Right. If I can figure out one of my own that I think is fair. Right. Right. What is she in besides Godzilla? The Simpsons movie. I mean, she's in other stuff, but you wouldn't know that. Right. Right. But, right. Um, Right. But, and I fig- I figured I figured one out for Nancy, uh-huh. but my problem was I woke up this morning and realized ah, I used television. Right. I still connected to the Simpsons movie, sure, but I used television. Sure, sure. And I've actually have been racking my brain to reconnect the dots of the way that I figured it out. And I I haven't been able to who else is in Godzilla besides Matthew Broderick? I know it's Matthew Broderick. Godzilla. I don't think this no, really. No, no, no. This is some scientists people. or something. Um, let me see. Who else is in that movie? Besides Matthew Broderick. Hold on. Godzilla. Godzilla. Thanks for playing along at home, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. as we uh, rock out with this from 1998. Oh! Vincent, there's a connection right there. There's a connection. Ooh, I just saw his face. We've killed all this time. Who is it? Hank Azaria. Oh, well, there you go. Hank Azaria. So, so you got to f- formally do it. Wait, but Hank Azaria is just in the Simpsons movie. Yeah. But he's in Godzilla too. Yeah, but but she's in Godzilla, so I don't need the Simpsons movie. Okay, but you got to say it. I don't. I don't even remember the the dots you're connecting yet anymore. Hell, I don't remember the dots I'm connecting. <laughs> All right, Derville Martin is in. You said five on a. Wait a second. I know you said Leonard Jack. Yeah, but I'm starting all over again. Derville Martin is in Derville Martin is in. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Derville Martin. Is in the final come down with, um, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Star Wars with James Earl Jones. And I'm going to count James Earl Jones because he's the voice. James Earl Jones is in Soul Man with, um, what's the white boy's name? Eugene Levy? No, Soul Man. The main d- the dude who puts on a blackface. Who destroyed his own career? Oh, um, I'm 
I'm I'm about to say not Timothy Dalton or or Matt or Matt Dalton or <laughs> Matt. Yeah, what's his name? I'll kind of look it up. I don't remember his name. He, he destroyed his career. What? Um, that would be C. Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Howell is in Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Because he's in uh, which I'm gonna call it Dirty Dancing with Jennifer Grey, who's with Matthew Broderick, but now I'm up to six. I know there's a short way to get to it. Derville Martin. Oh, now, now the alarm's going on, so that's. She's in Godzilla and she's in The Simpsons. Godzilla has Timothy Dalton in it. I mean, um, Matthew Broderick in it. Matthew Broderick is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and in, what else is Matthew Broderick in? Well, he's in uh, Biloxi Blues. Yeah, but I forget who all is in there. But he's also in um uh what's the name of the movie? The movie that he he's in with Marlon Brando. Oh right. I forget the name of that movie. It's not called The Freshman. Is that The Freshman? Is it called The Freshman? I think it's called The Freshman. With Marlon Brando and the Freshman. See, th- let me tell you how I was trying to go. Because I was trying to connect it to, to the Simpsons movie, right? Right. So I was figuring Derva Martin. Wait, who all is in the Simpsons movie besides the Simpsons? Well, I'm about to tell you, I'm about to about to show you. This is I was trying to get to the Simpsons movie, and my connection to the Simpsons movie was uh thinking of Harry Shear and getting into this is spinal tap, right? So Harry Shear is this is spinal tap gets to the Simpsons movie. Who else is in the Simpsons movie? The other voices. Uh, Harry Shear, Nancy Cartwright, Marsha Wallace. Um, Certainly there were some celebrities in the Simpsons movie. I think it was mostly the people from the show. I don't remember. No one shows up. Okay, I'll look at it. But but I want want to see if, because I think this will help you. So I was thinking of Harry Shear to Nancy Cartwright, right? Because from from this is Spinal Tap. So then I was thinking, all right, well, who else is in this is Spinal Tap? Bruce Kirby is in this is Spinal Tap. So then I was thinking, all right, well, Bruce Kirby is in Godfather Two with Robert De Niro. Really, this is, is Bruce Kirby. Is it, no Bruno Kirby. Is it Bruce? Bruce is, is Bruno Kirby? Is it Bruno Kirby? I think it's Bruno Kirby. Because Bruno Kirby. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Bruno we'll, Kirby. Okay. Well, here, well, I can do to Bruno Kirby. I can do Bruno Kirby. But and how many moves? Easy. Dervo Martin, final come down with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Star Wars with Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher is in when Harry met Sally with Bruno Kirby. Bruno Kirby is in what now? He's in this oh, final cool. tap. Okay, this cool. Is so then he's in this is final tap with Harry Shear, Harry Shear who's in, in the, the Simpsons, Simpsons movie, movie with Nancy Cartwright. With Nancy All right, Curry. so now you completed there it for you me. There you go. There but that go. was the one I, that's how right. I was going. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. find that middle ground. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno Kirby. You should always know the um. And what was he in? What was he in? Oh, when, when Harry, Harry met, met Sally. Sally, 
And who else? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Because that's right. She plays his wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I always keep Carrie Fisher's filmography in my back pocket. There you go. Because, well, it tends to be useful. As it was. Yes. See, Nancy, so you were able to Nancy make Nancy Cartwright, huh? It worked. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, in my mind, uh-huh. when, when I did it, thinking uh-huh. that, oh, th- he sure. should be able to do this. But uh-huh. I went to. Oh, yeah. Do you know where I went? No. I went to Rob Reiner in All in the Family. So I went. To TV. Uh, yeah, because so, I went Bruno Kirby. I'm Bruno Kirby. Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in the final com- final come down with Jim Brown. No, no, what's the movie he's in with Jim Brown? Um, I don't know if he's in something with Jim Brown. You, you think about Fred Williamson. Derville Martin is he's in one of the Jim Brown movies. Maybe not that I know off the top of my head. I'd always think about him in the hell up in Harlem in black golf. All right, with Fred Williamson. And, and, and Fred Williamson is in Through the Hard, hard way, way with, with Jim Brown. With Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. And then I went, Jim Brown is in the Dirty Dozen with Carol O'Connor, who was in All in the Family with right. Rob Reiner. Which is on TV. Which is, was then messed me which up. Which is on TV. Right, right, right. So, so you can't even do the one you picked. Well, I really. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm I'm just glad everybody else heard it. I'm just glad everybody else heard it. It's a hard game. Yeah. It's a hard game. Well, there you go. Well, we did it. We did it. This is what we did together. We did it together. She I thought she was in movies though. It's, but she's never, not really a star. Like, and, I know, and, she and they were definitely indie movies. They wouldn't have helped you. Hey, I knew. I Godzilla knew she... actually was the biggest live action film that she was in. Yeah. I mean, you know, once she started making that Simpsons well, money. That's what I was saying. Yeah. You know, 22 episodes a year for look, 30 years. Look. The woman is 60 something years old. She's still doing Bart Simpson's voice. Look, nice work if you can get it. All right. <laughs> Sharon Eldridge points out. That is a hard game, the Dover Martin game. When you pick people that only have two movie credits. <laughs> we got there. But we got there, but Sharon. We, we got there. All right. All right. Let's get into our review of Blue Streak. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Station? Of course. Now, to get back to his rock, 
pizza delivery for robbery, homicide. There's two kinds of people that get through that door. People wearing handcuffs, people wearing a badge. You'll need the ultimate disguise. <laughs> I'm a detective. <laughs> I know the real reason that you're here. Excuse me? You're the new lead detective. Me? We're gonna be partners and this thing's like a marriage. No, this is nothing like a marriage. It's more like a one-night stand. Wham, bam, thank you, officer. He's keeping the peace. Put your hands on the pavement. Miles, Tully. Protecting the innocent. You don't get that kind of training at the academy. Believe that. And taking the law. into his own hands. If my client gets so much as a scratch on him while he's in your custody... You can't touch me. Ow! Detective! If he walks like it... How'd you get so good? If he talks like it... You might want to buckle up. He's gotta be... His internal affairs. Hello, he's FBI. I'm an officer of the law. Full of it. Just who the hell are you working for? I'm a federale. A federale? Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Tango, El Gato, Los Panalones. Blue Streak. You just told those men you got a, a big cat in your pants. Oh. Blue Streak, a 1999 comedy action film. Directed by Les Mayfield and written by Stephen Carpenter, John Blumenthal, Michael Berry, and Steve Carpenter, who I guess is different than Stephen Carpenter. <laughs> when a heist goes wrong, Thief Miles, played by Martin Lawrence, hides a diamond at a construction site before he's arrested. After serving two years, Miles returns to the location of his treasure and finds it is now a police station. Disguising himself as a recently transferred officer to infiltrate the building, Miles stops an escaping thief while trying to retrieve the jewel. Impressed by his quick action, Superior Rizzo partners him with the bumbling detective Casey, played by Luke Wilson. 1999's Blue Streak, directed again by Les Mayfield, written by a variety of people, <laughs> was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you guys say about Blue Streak? Not much. Um, mm. First of all, I think it's very interesting, Blue Streak, where it comes in the career of Martin Lawrence. And we were mm -hmm. going on about his career earlier. It comes out in 1999. Yeah. Uh, the same year that Martin Lawrence teams with Eddie Murphy and presents Life. Yeah. In the theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A film that has been reviewed um, quite favorably here on mm -hmm. the show mission and quite favorably. Uh, generally. Generally. Yeah. Even though it was not a, a runaway hit, mm -hmm. but it's a movie that people have returned to and really appreci appreciate. Yeah. But in 1999, Martin Lawrence is also two years removed from his hit. TV series, this series that arguably made him an icon yes. in some black houses. Um, Martin. Yes. Which ran from 1992 to 1997. So there's an, and it was a definitely a certified hit series. You know, it maybe didn't stick the landing at the end, which we can maybe talk about a little bit, but 
Um, it was a series. It was appointment television for black America for five years. Mm hmm. Um, people going and going home to make sure that they saw it on Thursday nights, if I remember for most of the time. I most think so. Time. It was on Thursday. Uh, so Martin was was beloved by Black America. You mentioned as uh, as well that he was the host of Deaf Comedy Jam on HBO, which was um, a a, uh, a, a a series that launched the career of some of the biggest comedians of the time. Mm -hmm. um, certainly gave them more prominence than they had ever felt. And Martin Lawrence as the host of the show was pitch perfect mm -hmm. in um, keeping the energy and keeping the mood going for that uh, show and was um, definitely one of the reasons why that show was a, a runaway success for its years on HBO. Um, so he, he is feeling his powers in 1999, but what I would also contend is that in 1999, also it should be mentioned, this is after he has also exploded onto the, to the screen. He's done movies. He's done some comedy, comedy films, yeah. but he really is real. And you know, and he's had bit parts in a house party. Yeah. At this, at this uh, point, um, he was in house party, house party two. He's got a, a um, role in boomerang gives him prominence in 1990 in 1992. I mean, you've buried the lead. He's, he's already been in bad boys. And that's what I'm about to say. And then yeah. you get to bad boys yeah. with Will Smith, which then blows him up as like this pseudo comedy action hero. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Much in the same vein as Eddie Murphy at the, at the time. Yeah. And, and probably Eddie Murphy's kind of like starting to crest a little bit out of the action genre mm -hmm. at that point. And, and Martin Lawrence seems like he's ready to maybe pick up that mantle. A little bit, but he's also got Will Smith, Will Smith to contend with. But so my, by 1999, he's at the height of his powers. But he's also, I think, because of the success and a bit of the controversy of the Martin TV show, he is a a performer who is betting on himself and doesn't have much room or time to play with others. Mm. I think that that was um, certainly the case in the, the last, at least certainly last two seasons of Martin, mm -hmm. where it basically became the Martin Lawrence sketch show and just watching in, in the other actors standing around and watching him go from character to character to bit to bit, you know, every once in a while they may get a, get a line in. Mm -hmm. uh, and it becomes a little bit of an, an issue in some of his movies, most famously at, at this time, a thin line between love and hate yeah. in 1996 and nothing to lose in 1997, where Martin Lawrence, certainly a, a a talented individual. Nobody's going to knock the man's talent, but a man who is not generous about sharing screen time. Right, right, like a, absolutely. All eyes on me, Martin Lawrence, at all times. And one might 
say, okay, well, maybe he feels like he's a guy who's paid his dues. It's kind of like the the third the third man in Boomerang and the House Party movies. So now it's my time to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, paid a little bit of dues on TV with the reboot of What's Happening, which is where he kind of like started. Deep cut. Well, it's a deep cut. What's happening now? <laughs> yeah. But he was happening now. Yeah. Um. So maybe he feels like he's paid his dues. So I, all eyes should be all all on me and you know as we deemed him he's so crazy we couldn't take our eyes off sure, of him sure but I think that proves to be you know uh, the thing that like does him in because while drinking your own Kool-Aid the taste starts to sour in our mouths or more to the point, let me speak for myself. Sure. It starts to sour in my mouth. Sure. Absolutely. I, I famously have, have, have told people I was a fan of Martin, but I checked out like the last three seasons mm-hmm. came the Martin Lawrence show. I was a fan of him in movies, loved him in bad boys, loved him in life, loved him in house party, loved him in boomerang. And I even liked a couple of his, his solo projects mm-hmm. but i could see a man like starting to like feel himself a little bit it's like yo man slow down and a guy who was becoming a bit of a caricature and going through the same beats all the time mm-hmm. you know and, and and his shtick became a little bit tiring which then brings us to 1999's Blue Streak, mm-hmm. which, as you mentioned, the story of this is a he plays a thief, a master thief who steals a diamond, um, but uh, he gets double cross, and in order to try and you know save face and within the midst of this double cross, he hides the diamond inside this this um, building that is being constructed, right? Which is where they they stole it from. Now. Stopping for a moment to just curious about them breaking into a building that was being built. It was still been still being constructed. Yet somebody thought it was still smart enough to keep a diamond inside. No, of it. no, 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 no. That's right. Like he they, a state, right. He, he, he escapes a, into he, another escaped building across, across the, street. the street. All right. You're right. Right. Because right. that that that. What I was saying right, just right, hit me, right. but you're right. You're right. Yeah. He escaped across you. But anyway, he, he tapes it up and then gets out of jail two years later and realizes that he, the the duct, the air conditioning duct where he taped up the diamond was actually in a building that was being built. It was the, the LAPD sure. headquarters. So now he ultimately has to fake becoming a cop so that he can find a diamond. Sure. And then hilarity in, ensues. In, ensues. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, which is packed with pretty good performance, it's a very young Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, William Forsythe is in this film. Always mm-hmm. welcome sight on you know, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Peter Green plays the antagonist. Um, yeah. he's he's very good. Like Peter Green, you got uh, Nicole Ari Parker. You know, blinking, you miss her. Mm-hmm. Tamala Jones, blinking, you miss her. Yeah. Um. But. No matter how many times you blink, you won't miss Martin Lawrence. Right. Because right. Martin Lawrence is maybe in 
every scene in this movie. Dave Chappelle shows up. Well, I was going to say Dave Chappelle. Martin Lawrence is in every scene in this movie and he is mugging for the camera in every solitary scene. And the only scenes where he is um, up against anyone who can match him in energy Mm -hmm. is Dave Chappelle Mm -hmm. for the the few moments that he is in this movie. And it is in those few moments moments and it is in the little bit of give and take between the two of them where Martin Lawrence is being generous and sharing funny lines a bit with a fellow comedian at that time where the movie I feel has any type of snap to it. Mm -hmm. Mind you this is not some wholly original movie. It's basically a it's a buddy it has the look of a buddy cop film yeah. because he's riding around with Luke Wilson. Yeah. But neither, but Luke Wilson does not have any near equal stakes to him. So it's not no. really a buddy cop, buddy cop film. And the film, which starts off kind of like a derivative uh, caper film, um, devolves into a Beverly Hills cop knockoff right. by the end of it. Um, without the charm of Eddie Murphy. Cause I would contend that comedically they probably are close in talent. Eddie Murphy, certainly a little bit more talented and it's certainly a better actor, mm-hmm. but certainly comedically, they both probably have the, have the same skills, but Martin Lawrence has a, a bag. His bag of tricks is very limited mm-hmm. and he goes to that. Well, time after time after time in this movie and it just becomes a tired shtick and you're waiting for him to give someone else a chance to play and nobody else gets a chance to play and I felt and and I'm as I'm watching the film today I'm asking myself well did I feel this way when I watched this in 1999 mm-hmm. and if I think back to when I watched it in 1999 I think I liked it well enough but it was just it just left. It didn't leave any lingering impression sure. on me, and I think that is the reason. Because one, I had already checked out on Martin on the Martin Lawrence experience. Um, two, uh, at this time, and we're not going to go deep into it. At this time, Martin Lawrence was in the midst of a little bit of controversy um, because he. I, I think it, this was around the time where he had got on the streets and he was, yeah he he had a mental he had a, me- a kind of like a challenge. mental mental break like a break mm-hmm. that it was going going through mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of like swirling around yeah. as well and then three it just being such a derivative film sure that uh i i really didn't have any regard for it at that time mm-hmm. and watching it again today a lot of those same feelings returned returned to me. I really wanted to like it mm-hmm. a lot, and it has it has humor because Martin Lawrence can be funny. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I I found it just a trying experience watching it today. Yeah, I th- I think I think just sort of logistically, one thing that it really stretches the bounds of sort of suspending your disbelief, even within a film like this, as you mentioned, it, it, it is highly derivative in, in the, 
the DNA of other, dare I say, better films mm -hmm. are all over, whether we're talking about the Beverly Hills Cop series. Uh, we mentioned his own series, Bad Boys. Mm -hmm. And I'll even throw in Rush Hour. Oh, where, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. you have this kind of wise cracking black cop mm -hmm. who's very unorthodox mm -hmm. in in his behavior and his practices but somehow he always figures it out and the thing about the eddie murphy chris rock chris Will's, tucker chris tucker um because in and I, I mentioned chris rock because i feel like chris rock has played this cop character in something that maybe i just can't think of mm. But Chris Tucker, um, Will Smith, and again, Martin Lawrence, is that they had the space to be unorthodox mm -hmm. and sort of against the grain and wisecracky because they were actually policemen. This is a character pretending to be a policeman, mm -hmm. but still acting like this so that. At any given moment, it seems like somebody should say. This person is not acting like a policeman. Mm, yeah. We should check and see if he's a policeman and they pay lip service to it. There's a lot of, you know, oh, I couldn't find you. And 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 Martin Lawrence's character, Miles, says, you know, back and forth. Oh, well, I'm undercover and I'm just yeah. yeah. Enough that you know, that they acknowledged it. But like I said, it really did stretch the bounds of it all the way to the end. I think what really surprised me about this film is when it comes out in his filmography, because this feels like it should have been earlier. Like this feels like a first or second foray into films for Martin Lawrence, because I have to say when we talk about films like a thin line between love and hate or, or um, what's, what's the other nothing film? to lose, nothing to lose. Those felt much more like vanity projects to me. Well, uh, certainly like those line. felt much more like I am Martin Lawrence, right. the star. Yeah. Cause Martin, he directs Martin, and uh, I'm wrapping line. this thing around me. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, while he is certainly in Martin Lawrence mode, Outside of life and what I remember in Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, which obviously we'll talk about sooner than later. This is actually the most collaborative that I remember him in a film. Really? Talk about Luke Wilson and certainly of the two, Martin Lawrence, as you mentioned, Luke Wilson is is fairly young in his career. Mm hmm. I really like Luke Wilson and the thing I, I like, I think Luke Wilson brings a very unique energy to his roles. And I have to say, I enjoyed the two of them together. Like really, I liked their, because I think Luke Wilson right under the surface always has this kind of wonkiness. Yeah, that you get that. I thought his quiet wonkiness with Martin Lawrence's over the top wonkiness somehow it worked for. Now, let me just let me let me backtrack mm. and say this. This is a fairly short film. 
Yeah. So the wobbling that I'm talking about, part of the reason it wobbles and then it holds up is I think it goes ahead and gets out of here. One thing, and, and you mentioned it, and, and, and what I will add to your Dave Chappelle critique, I thought Dave Chappelle was used very well in yes, this film. because he's just like, peppered in. And, and just at the moment that you think, okay, I'm bored, let me do some. It's like the director calibrated this perfectly to drop in Dave Chappelle as this sort of chaotic element mm -hmm. who can mm -hmm. reveal everything plot wise, he threatens to reveal the, the scam. Mm -hmm. And then as you mentioned, he matches Martin Lawrence's energy mm -hmm. because it is very run of the mill and very, you know, dare I say cookie cutter. The irony is that I feel like it kept him at bay. It kept Martin Lawrence. Martin, I kept Martin as someone oh, as someone wow. who is not a, you know, frankly, a Martin Lawrence fan. Like, like to me, a little Martin Lawrence always goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Like there was enough plot filtering that for every moment, every two moments, Martin Lawrence was mugging and doing this that, and the other. There's a moment where he has to figure out where the diamond is. There's a moment where Peter Green is showing up and doing things. There's a moment where 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 the, the other detectives are trying to figure out who he is. Like there's enough of it mm. that it worked for me as much as a Martin Lawrence film wow. would work. Wow. And I really did like, I really thought, I really thought this was his first or second film. Was, like I was shocked. Like his first or second solo film. Right. Solo film. Right. Like I was actually shocked that this was after Martin had gone. You know, as you mentioned, by the time Martin goes off, the other three cast members are just sort of like, like set pieces. The other three cast members in Martin don't get as much time as characters as Luke Wilson does in this film. Yeah. But, so that, but, you know, but it's, Luke Wilson is, he's, he's warmed over judge Reinhold from Beverly Hills. Cop he won, no, no, no. He 100% is, but I think Luke Wilson has this sort of, it's, he's, he's almost like AI designed a good looking guy like like Luke Wilson is almost has this uncanny valiness to him, especially when he's young. Mm. That again, it's this weird energy that you get with Luke Wilson. Yeah, I don't know. See, I that I'm not going to say. I like this movie. But A, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it, which, again, the, the, the bar was on the ground. Mm -hmm. B, I, I, I'm going to hold out because I, I do remember enjoying Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. This may be my favorite Martin Lawrence film outside of that. As a Martin outside a Martin, of, of Welcome Home, Roscoe Jinx, like as a Martin Lawrence vehicle, as you said, you, you know, we've we've talked about this. I think Martin Lawrence's best film is Life. 
But that's a buddy film. I think uh, right behind life is Bad Boys, mm-hmm. which is another buddy film. And then anything else he's been in, he's just been part of a cast. But as far as this is a Martin Lawrence film, mm-hmm. I like this better than than A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. I like this better than the the, the Wizard movie. Mm-hmm. I like this better than why do I keep forgetting the name of of you just said it you've said it nothing like, to lose I like it better than nothing to lose and I think again I think there's and the a, wizard movie you're talking about is Black Knight oh my god that was terrible yeah I like it better than Black Knight like I think there's enough going on in here that it filters the mugging that you get. All the time. Like, I mean, like, like, think about it. Like, he's got the ridiculous moment where he dresses up as there's only one scene in this film where he dresses up in a costume. Right. That's when he does the pizza delivery guy. Think about that. This is two years after Martin has gone off. Mm -hmm. There's no love interest. No, it's not. Which. You Which just I will applaud. Right. I will applaud that. Right. Like Tamala Jones shows up and, and you know, frankly, I, I wish she had stayed in the movie. Like, I'm always happy to see Tamala yeah, she Jones. She really is in for one scene. Right. Said. It seems like this Nicole Airy Parker thing is going to be a thing. But then it's not a thing. It's not. Yeah, I think I think Nicole Airy Parker is cast because. They want an actress to play this role. I don't think I, whether or not they ultimately wanted to do. I mean, a did love it have interest. to be an actress? Well, I guess it didn't have to right. be. An actress. But but right. but, 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 but to that point, then it 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 could have been anybody. So she got the role. Right. Because all she's doing is playing a lawyer. Right. So, and I, I, like you think about the e- like you think about the egocentric triggers in these films. He, he's done. He's not doing the dress up. He's not a ladies man. There's one moment where Luke Wilson says, I like your suit. He's not a clothes hound. He's not even really doing a lot of movie action. Action guy stuff. I I disagree. He's he's running all over the freaking. No, no, no. But he's. I mean, you know. I think it's it's on a scale of one to Beverly Hills. Then he's in a car chase. He's in a car chase, but he's not like punching people or. Well, I mean, but but action doesn't always have to be. I'm just just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. As far as these ego driven projects, this is a fairly muted outing. No, I think he does as much action in this movie as Eddie Murphy does in most of his movies. Okay. Um, he doesn't do as much as he does in bad boys. Okay. Fair. But, but, but bad, bad boys is decidedly, I think an chin first okay. com- right. comedy. Fair. This is a, con- an action comedy. Right. Um, and, Again, I and just just to finish it, just to 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 underline what we've both said. He is surprisingly generous with Dave Chappelle. But first of all, I don't think he's surprisingly generous with Dave Chappelle. I think I think, you know, talent knows talent game knows game. So I I see him, you know, 
doing with uh, Dave Chappelle because he probably, you know, knows Dave Chappelle from the clubs and everything like that. And also he's not the director. He's not the writer. And Dave Chappelle definitely, if you look at those scenes, they, they, they sound like Dave Chappelle. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like Dave Chappelle kind of like riffing. Right. Um, and, and a director saying, yeah, let's go. Let's go with that. You know what I mean? As opposed to what, what the script. Dude, I hear said. you saying he didn't direct it, but 1999, again, this is Martin Lawrence and the director is, I'm sorry, what's his name? Lose something. Exactly. Like, let's not act like, mm. like we know who, who the big, the big voice is in this film. Okay. Well, I think, I think he still did call the shots. Um, okay. Uh, and yeah, you saying that this is better than Thin Line or, or Black Knight or Nothing to Lose, it, you, like you always say, the bar set low with yeah, all of those. Yeah, it's in hell. Yeah, so I think he is. I I, I, I don't know. I I just I think the the mugging got too annoying for me, and it sure. stopped me from enjoying the film. I don't think that he's being very generous with anybody in 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 the film at all mm-hmm. i think the he is up against people who are good actors so they find a way to at least shine a little bit yeah but i think that is uh in spite of the very little room or light that he is allowing allowing to shine. i don't i don't disagree with that like i don't disagree that maybe this is in spite of him i'm just saying well, what I said, I was, I, I was. You say he was generous. I don't think he was generous. I think he was generous with Dave Chappelle. Oh, okay. I All think right. he was generous That's with true. Dave Chappelle. Um, this felt like the product of someone who didn't have as much pull as I think Martin Lawrence had on this film. Like I said, I really did think like, like I looked at that 1999 three times because I thought it was a typo. So you feel like this comes out maybe in the maybe the maybe the the break between the first and second season of Martin, or at worst, right after the end of it. But see, even at the end of it, this is not the product I would expect from someone after the end, regardless of how it ended. After the end of a six seven year run, and again, someone who. I mean, is Bad Boys 2 out by 99? No. Yeah, after Bad Boys. Yeah, I'm just. Mm. And and let's let's, 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 look. I'm only going to fight you about Blue Streak, but so hard. Like, I actually had hoped that you liked it better than me. Like, but somehow I'm sitting in the seat where I'm defending Blue Streak. You are. It's a weird seat. (laughs) <laughs> don't feel don't feel comfortable it just, well, it just feels weird <laughs> but i do i have to say like it like it went off and i said oh wow well there you go mm, yeah i said bye yeah, yeah 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 so um so would you recommend no, blue streak i would not recommend would not recommend blue streak i would not would you recommend blue streak look i'm gonna say the same thing i say every time we talk about Martin Lawrence. People seem to like Martin Lawrence. They do. People love Martin Lawrence. You said that they love him. Black people love him. He's I, I an think, icon. I think he is an icon. Martin Lawrence, I, I know the, the official, 
the official statement of Martin Lawrence, even among the Martin Lawrence naysayers, is that, oh, I like the first couple of seasons of Martin, and then it devolved into et cetera, et cetera. I never liked Martin. Like, really? I never. You I, never liked the show? I never liked the show at all. Oh, wow. I, I think generally it's he, he's a, a, a layer, a level right underneath fingernails on a chalkboard. Mm. Just like right underneath. I like him in, a, in ensembles. You like him in small doses. I like him in small doses. Or paired with Or someone. paired with someone. A stronger performer. A stronger performer. But I defer to the collective. I love Martin Lawrence for the culture. If you like that Martin Lawrence thing, he's doing his thing in here. Mm. I was pleasantly surprised at how little of that thing there was in here compared to other outings. Oh, compared to see. other outings. Oh, oh you say so, little. I say there was a lot. Of it. Compared to the thin line between love and hate? Compared to nothing to lose? Well, thin line between love and hate, I think he's trying to be Eddie Murphy. And it's, he fails. And in this one, I think he's trying to be the other Eddie Murphy. Um, and he's maybe a little better at that because it's plays to his strength, but it's just in the structure. I'm telling you the structure. Well, it's the Beverly Hills Cop structure. Back, right. Which as we talk about, it holds is it really a comedy? I don't think it really holds. Yeah. So, you know. well, that's our review, ladies and gentlemen of Blue Streak. All right. There you go. We're not going to, we're done. I will recommend it. If I got to go, I mean, it's, I don't You're know. softy. I mean, what's when's the next time I'm going to recommend a, well, maybe in two weeks. Maybe in two weeks. Maybe in two weeks. But, you know, sure, I'll recommend it. I mean, don't recommend it just, you know, eh, because I feel like recommending a Martin Lawrence movie. No, no, no. Graded as just itself it, on its own merit. As itself on its own so merit. its own merit, you would recommend that people go and rent Blue Streak. If you like Martin Lawrence, yes. Well, that's Vincent's take and my take. There you go. On Blue Street, ladies and gentlemen, before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, I invite you to follow the Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice, whether or not it be Facebook, Instagram, or X, at Michelle Mission. Well, you can also subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube. Hello, each and every one of you out there. And hit that subscribe and hit the bell so that you'd be notified when we put up new um, shorts and videos. We had videos going up over over the holidays. We, I think, put up like a good four, couple of reviews and a couple uh, six degrees and top fives are up there. Our top five films, black films for 2023 up there. And more videos will be adding more and more because I've carved out time in my editing schedule. Um, what else is there? Ah, emails. You can email the Michelle Mission. Email us at michellemission at gmail.com. That's M I C H E A U X M I S I O N at gmail.com. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work, such as ours, which is working every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here at Young Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace here in Maniunk. And if you want to book your time in one of the fabulous studios here at Young Junk, email 
our man Dylan at youngjunk.com. D-Y-L-A-N at youngjunk.com. Next week on the Michelle Mission, it is Vincent's turn and he goes to the year of 2008 as we continue exploring the filmography of one Edward Murphy. And Vince has selected for your viewing pleasure, meet Dave next week here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams with co-production by Mo Poplar. Check out Mo's family travel podcast, Bun Amigos, at ashyfeet.com. Original music is provided by Alexa Gold. Visit Alexa Gold Music at Bandcamp for more of her melodies. The Michelle Mission is edited by Len Webb and produced for YouTube at Yunk Junk. Visit Dylan at yunkjunk.com for more information.